Hey, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and, and just seeking to dig a little bit deeper into the message. And In uh, Sunday's message, we talked about Jesus as the Good Shepherd in John 10. And you know, if you recall, the, the first question that comes out of that is, well, what does it mean in my daily life that Jesus is the Good Shepherd? And we kind of answer that in Psalm 23, which is really the best picture of what it means to be a good shepherd. And, and not only what does it mean that Jesus is the good shepherd, but if we're going to be a good shepherd, what does it mean? And, and that whole psalm points to the reality, the truth, that the fact that Jesus is the good shepherd means that it's safe to submit to him. And I mentioned a book by Philip Keller called Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And I want to read a quote that we mentioned from that book, because I think this is the starting point. And the quote was this, The fact that Jesus is the Good Shepherd links a lump of common clay to divine destiny. It means a mere mortal becomes the cherished object of divine diligence. I want to hit those last two words a little bit and press there, divine diligence. Jesus as the Good Shepherd puts us in a position to be the cherished object of his divine diligence. And what does that mean? Well, it means that there are divine, transcendent powers that are in Christ now caring for us. And he's doing that diligently. He's attending to every moment of our lives, every, every second of our existence, seeking to provide for us and, and to care for us and to lead us and to guide us. Now, the struggle that comes in, I know this is my struggle at times, is sometimes his divine diligence doesn't lead in the direction I'd like it to go. Sometimes his divine diligence provides in ways I don't want to be provided for. And it's not that I don't want the provision, but I want it on my terms. I want, I want things to work the way I want them to. I want um, calendars to flow the way I want them to. I want things to unfold in the way that I think it's best. And Jesus as the good shepherd and me as a sheep means that I have to learn to submit what I want in the moment to what he's doing, what's part of what's what is part of his divine plan instead of my mortal human plan. That's not always easy. Sometimes when we get into that spot where the good shepherd's providing and he's leading and he's making me lie down and he's correcting and he's he's pulling me out of the stuckness, sometimes we just walk into that and we see a better way what we think's a better way. We see how we would like things to unfold. And we press towards that. And then there's this divine diligence that comes in and, and moves us in a different direction. And yet, we don't always see it. We see it as a hindrance. We don't see it as an opportunity. We, we see it as an obstacle, not a blessing. And so the fact that Jesus is the Good Shepherd starts a wrestling match, honestly. If I'm going to trust Him, if I'm going to realize it's safe to trust Him because He is the Good Shepherd, then I have to relinquish my own ability and power to unfold things the way I would like them to unfold. And so there's a trust in that. But the, the second question, you know, if Jesus is the Good Shepherd, well, what does that mean? It means that we can 
trust him, that he's safe to submit to in our daily lives. But that begs the next question, then what does it mean to submit? And, and a lot of times we use the word submit and the word surrender as if they're interchangeable. Personally, I, I shy away from that because in my mind, my concept of surrender is that I have been beaten to a point where I don't have any fight left in me. And so it's easy to surrender when you're beaten, but submission means that I still have power, I still have strength, I still have control, I, I still have some fight left in me. And I'm going to lay all that aside and do it your way instead of the way I think it should be done, the way that, that I feel works out best. And, and that's the struggle of submission, and I do think it's a struggle. I think it's a powerful struggle that we have to embrace and press into, that we have to face on a constant basis. And, and so that submission can come in a variety of forms, but ultimately, what does it mean to submit? It means to take the picture that I have for myself and for my life and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you shape that. I'm going to relinquish mine and let you shape it. And sometimes that, that's, you know, the grandiose, the big idea, you know, the, the little kid. When I grow up, I want to be a lawyer and I want to live in this kind of house and I want to do these kinds of things and I'm going to have a swimming pool and a nice car and on and on and on. And, and that, that big grand submission happens when we say, you know what, I'm going to have a vision for my life. I can't help but to have a vision for my life, but I'm going to hold it really loosely and I'm going to let you instill that vision in me. Now, here's where I think the struggle starts to lessen and, and the struggle gets a little bit lighter the more our vision for our lives begins to align with the vision the Good Shepherd has for our life. And, and that's kind of summed up in the, the passages that we talked about from Luke, where Jesus is in the garden and he, and he said, nevertheless, let your will be done. I think the nevertheless comes as the alignment begins to happen. The alignment of, here's my vision, but I'll relinquish it and let you instill your vision for my life in me. And then I'll, I'll try to follow it. I'll wrestle with that. I'll seek it out. And I think that the struggle happens in, in two parts. The struggle of recognizing that it's safe to trust the Good Shepherd and then trying to live in submission to Him happens in, in the inner world where I'm trying to let go of the vision I have for my life and accept the vision that Christ has for my life. But it also happens in the functional world that I have to live in, the place where moment-to-moment -moment decisions sometimes have to be made based on my submission to His vision for my life and in the relinquishing of my vision for my life. And so we have the big picture, right? We have that, that place where we start and we go, Lord, I I'm going to acknowledge that I do have a picture of what I want my life to look like, but I'm also going to live in the truth that, that what's best for me and for those around me is for me to submit that vision to your vision. Now, I do that. I do it on a regular basis. I, I do it through prayer and through, through spending time with God. But then I actually have to go live that attitude out. 
I have to go live out of the attitude of I want to submit my vision of my life to you. And that brings up a whole other set of struggles, struggles that happen in the moment, struggles that happen in an instant, struggles that, that, that happen in how I'm going to spend my finances and how I'm going to allocate my time and, and you know, how I'm going to speak in this moment and how I'm going to react when things go sideways. And so we had the big struggle that we need to engage in constantly in prayer, but then we have all these other little struggles of the practicalities of living into the vision that Christ has for my life. And that's where the moment-by-moment -moment frustrations come in. Those are the things that we have to acknowledge, embrace, face, deal with, and then move on from. And sometimes the moving on is the hardest part. Because we can look at one little moment where I feel like, you know, I didn't really submit to the Lord's vision for my life in this moment, in this choice, in this action. But then I have to move on. And that's where grace becomes so incredibly important. Because if we cling to those times where we didn't submit to the vision that Jesus has for us, then we're going to begin to have a sense of shame and guilt that we walk in all the time. And that's why you know, when we start talking about submitting to the Lord, when we start talking about letting His very life be our life, we have to remember that His mercies are new every day. His mercies are new sometimes moment to moment. And so the, the path forward into living out that vision is a path of recognizing the grace, which takes us right back to Psalm 23 if you think about it. Those verses in Psalm 23, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That goodness and mercy following us all the days of our life is a blessing, but is also a healing. And so as you invest and engage in the struggle to submit, first with the big vision for your life, but then in the practicals in the day-to-day, -day, I want to invite you into keeping the awareness of this goodness and mercy of the Good Shepherd that follows you all the days of your life being right there, being accessible, so that when you struggle, when you fail, when you don't submit, you don't go into a place of self-loathing. You don't become the kind of person who just lives out of shame. You recognize that that goodness and mercy is right there. And it's washing you in that very moment so that you can walk into the next moment of submission and submit. And if you fail in the next moment, the goodness and mercy is still there so that you can walk into the next moment and submit. And if you fail in that moment, the goodness and the mercy are there, and you can walk into the next moment. Hopefully you see that it's an infinite loop, because the, the idea of submitting to Jesus with all of our life can also create a lot of spiritual frustration and anxiety if we think that one moment of not submitting somehow ruins us going forward. What we have to understand is that as sheep, new to the shepherd, who are trying to learn to live in the shepherd's care and guidance, we're being trained. That's the whole point of the rod and the staff in Psalm 23. Shepherds carry a rod and a staff 
because they know that there's going to be moments as no matter how long they've been shepherding that particular flock there's going to be moments where individual sheep need correction and the shepherd walks into that flock prepared to do that knowing that sheep need correction at times Jesus walks into our lives prepared to do that knowing that we as his sheep need correction at times and so I want to invite you into this idea of yes I'm gonna to desire to submit I'm gonna keep myself acutely aware of the fact that because Jesus is the Good Shepherd it is safe to submit to him in my daily life and, and I'm gonna acknowledge that that submission is a lifelong struggle moment to moment but his goodness and mercy is always there to engage me, to empower me in that struggle, to refresh me in that struggle, to help me find rest in that struggle, to keep a vision of His presence with me even in that struggle. So, so the whole point of all of that is this. Submission is not a one-time act. We don't go, oh, I've become aware that Jesus as the Good Shepherd is safe to submit to, and so now I submit it in this moment, and that's my last act of submission, and I will just live in submission for the rest of my life. You won't. You won't. There are going to be things that pass before your eyes, that desires that come up in your heart, that will pull you away from that submission and lead you to try to fulfill things that you want as your vision for your life and in those moments know this that the end of Psalm 23 makes it abundantly clear that for now in this place as we practice submission his goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and that practicing of submission in his goodness and mercy will culminate with the last verse of Psalm 23 and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here's the thing. We're not seeking perfect submission. I'm not sure that's possible. When I see the picture of a shepherd with his flock having a rod and a staff, it leads me to believe that the expectation is that they, I as a sheep will need correction throughout my life. But I know it will still culminate through the goodness and mercy of God with me dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. So in all that, once you know that Jesus as the Good Shepherd is safe to submit to, and you realize that submitting to Him is handing over the vision of my life to Him so that He can give me His vision for my life, then the practice is engaging in the struggle of letting go of my vision in the moment to moment knowing that His goodness and mercy is there, covering me, leading me, guiding me, and ultimately culminating with me dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. So hopefully that's something that you can take into your daily life that actually changes how you see yourself, the world, how you live, in the moment-to-moment -moment places, which if you're like me, it's the moment-to-moment -moment that's hard. When I'm laying in my bed or sitting in a chair praying, it's easy. I want submission there more than I want it, you know, anything else in the world. But once I get up and start having to walk through this world, that's where the struggle is. So embrace the struggle, 
Don't feel shame or guilt over your failings. Know that goodness and mercy are covering you, following you, flowing off of you, and that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because you have a good shepherd who's leading you, who's correcting you, who's guiding you. I hope that's helpful. There's some great questions from Pastor James, and I want to encourage you to, to have conversation that's open and honest, that invites thought, not simply to seek correctness of understanding, but to seek relationship with Jesus as the Good Shepherd. So let me pray for you before you go in your discussion time. Father, we're so grateful that we can lean into your Son as the Good Shepherd, that we can understand and know that He is safe to submit to, and we can experience that safety and security in Him as we practice submission to Him in all of our affairs. But God, perhaps the greatest truth in all of that is that your goodness and mercy follows us. And so you draw us forward in goodness and mercy to heal and guide and correct and lead us into your very presence forever. And we thank you that you've done all that through Jesus. Amen. Have a great time in your group.